the 2010s, pronounced 2010s, or 2010s, is the current decade in the Gregorian calendar that began on 1 January 2010 and will end on 31 December 2019. That's soon. It's the end of the decade, motherfuckers. What's good? Jeez. What? Yeah, man. Dad Bot Rap Pod. We are here um, in our dystopian present, thinking about the future, but also recapping uh, the decade that was in hip hop. Right. My name is Damone Carter, aka Dem One. I am joined by. Uh, would you? Call, can I call you Bespeckled? Is that? Does that? <laughs> you can call me Bespectacled. Bespectacled. <laughs> I'm not Bespeckled. I do love a speckled sole on a shoe. I like when it looks like there's like little flecks of paint. That was a big okay, thing in okay. the 2000s shoe fashion. Okay. So you could call some of my shoes Bespeckled, <laughs> but I couldn't yeah. call you. Can I call you Bespoke? At no. times, Ooh. at times, Ooh. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the pod before, and it kind of has a sad story now. But um, I, I've only gotten a few things actually made for myself, and one of them was I just got a plain white shirt like made to my exact specifications by a tailor for my wedding, and it is so far from fitting me. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like I kept it because I have to get a lot of my clothes hemmed because I'm short, so I'll take it to the right. the cleaners, and I'll right. be like, I want the you know, let's use this shirt as a model for how right. long I want the sleeves and stuff like that. And like, I tried to put it on a couple of weeks the ago. Prototype. And I was like, holy fucking shit. That's hilarious. Yeah. No go. So, uh, <laughs> spend a lot of money, get custom clothes, and then you better maintain that shape. Yeah. Yeah. So, so work, working out is a thing, but, uh, we are here, the dad by rap pod. Um, we are also in the building with Mr. David Ma. How's it going, man? Dude, going good. Really good to be back with you guys. Um, crazy decade, and we're two years old. <laughs> yeah, man. That's so yeah. weird to think. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, so cool. seriously. So we're we're pulling up on the end of our, our second season, um, our second year in, in the podcast game, and also as a genre, pulling up on the end of, of a decade, which I feel rap has been suffering because we stopped naming the years. Um, I think when it was like the nine nickel, blame it on extra P. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say the years. <laughs> um, so the, the 2010s, even to say that to me is a clunky, it doesn't sound cool. It doesn't, it doesn't roll off. So I kind of wasn't cool in a lot of ways. <laughs> Rap music was great. And it went through a lot of changes. Right. We, we, it will be defined by the launch of streaming and how like yeah, money eroded the kind of like distribution model changed yeah. so yeah. much. Yeah. But, uh, tons of great music. Yeah, yeah ton, totally. tons of great music, but yeah, definitely a time of change. I think of this as like rap kind of like um, just really branched out and got weird and expansive, even at the highest levels mm -hmm. of the game. Mm -hmm. So some of the weirdness that had been kind of like um, super subterranean uh, just out of this streaming and the thirst for like new shit mm -hmm. there's just a lot of it's kind of like when the rap supernova explodes and there's just like fucking songs and artists yeah. all over the goddamn place um so we are here to kind of recap the decade with the following disclaimer um that i think i can say for all of us is that we uh we were not super like heavy into this shit at the at the dawn of the decade so this is not meant to be a comprehensive kind of breakdown. We're going to talk about some of our, our, our favorite mm -hmm. albums from the decade. But this is by no means comprehensive. We're going to miss some shit. I'll, I'll readily admit there were some lost years in the early 2010s uh, where I wasn't as into it as I am now. Um, but, but, yeah, we're going to kind of just go go uh, do a round robin and, and share some of our favorite albums. But before we do that... Um, you spoke a little bit, Nate, about uh, the trend of streaming and how that changed the game. What were the other kind of major trends that that changed this shit, like that turn that I th turned I, rap? I think I would say, um, if you're th thinking about the early part of the decade, auto tune, yeah, auto tune yeah. changed rap forever. Yeah, um, it's just it it was we would it would have been completely verboten in another mm -hmm. time to process your vocals, and now it's essentially mandatory right. in a certain yeah. segment of Almost, um, yeah. and it's it feels so anachronistic to talk about now like in a good or a bad way mm -hmm. it's like we don't even talk about you don't it's become so commonplace you don't even discuss it mm -hmm. you don't define an artist by their auto-tuning there's probably a yeah. bunch of different plugins and patches and it's not really 
auto brand tune name auto tune. Right. But I, I think that's a big one. What about you, Dave? Um, I think the, the, the splintering of hip hop itself. Um, there's probably more modes and subgenres and sub subgenres of rap than ever before in existence. Right. right. So that you know, that's good and bad and it, it's a parallel to the digital um uh, remodeling of the of the structure, but and I have to say, um, at the beginning of the decade, rap was probably dominated by Lil Wayne, and then for mm-hmm, a time it mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. like really and, and like rap and the discourse and the kind of story, the stories that the are told about rap were really defined by Kanye, mm-hmm. and then now it's this is Drake's world. Like I just yeah. think like not perhaps not from an artistic perspective or not for people of our ilk from a total artistic perspective. Damone, I know you love Drake, um, but it's that's the world we're living in. Like well, those three artists tell the story of the of, decade, of the in my decade. opinion, right. if not for underground rap per se or what we always focus on. Mm-hmm. But like kind of like and again, mainstream underground Weird i'm still terms. using 90s terms yeah, yeah. even those terms extent. don't fit anymore it's, right. it's yeah. not it, i don't yeah right you right. know what i'm saying though yeah right? yeah no i mean i think but i think that's true of of several areas right so you could listen to you know a song in a certain period of the 70s and go this was barry white's era i'm mm-hmm. not listening mm-hmm. to barry white but you know the uh i guess it's this idea of casting a long shadow mm-hmm. and so in that sense drake definitely casts a very sure, long shadow sure um, as many have pointed out, he is an amalgamation of a lot of different people and things, mm-hmm. you know, Fonte being one of them. Um, but yeah, his his kind of influence um, in terms of the music and then the approach of how you sell it. You know, I think um, I think of of the of the late 90s, 2000s, Jay-Z reinvented how you sell this music. Sure. And I think sure. that Drake for this particular era kind of reinvented how you how you sell it. And so. There, there were these trends um, as we kind of uh, got towards the end of the decade. I think people started to more solidify sounds a little bit. I think the earlier parts of the decade were definitely very experimental and a lot of like um, tension and like, is this rap? Is it not rap? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think what you're kind of hinting around at, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is melody. The 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 but the tyranny of melody right melody um I think is 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 the change because it's been there it's not as if um there was no melody before mm-hmm. but to have it be the driving force of every not every song but of of I would say a majority of songs are built around melody and rappers are rap singing and the the top streamed artists of of this time is it's Drake and fucking Post Malone right yeah. mm-hmm. so it's it's the fact that he represents our culture in any way just really bothers me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's but, okay. But it's but it's I'll it's, be fine. It's indicative <laughs> of uh, we won't be fine. It's terrible. <laughs> but it's indicative even of of an aesthetic sense. I think what what maybe goes uncredited for rap in a weird way is this is a really weird and inclusive genre. Post Malone has no legs in almost any other genre to be this famous. Right. Like if he doesn't come through the rapper vein with his kind of look and aesthetic, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. And so rappers, um, Lil Wayne being a great influence and being like, you can look ghastly. Like, you can look absolutely fucking zombified, um, and that's an aesthetic. Yeah, and sure. it's in, a you know, the emergence of trap music um, in, in an audio sense of, like, um, this this almost the the degeneration of the music. Like, the music had to be broken down before it could be built back up, right? So, so there were a lot of like interesting trends and things that happened. Can I do one more? Sure. Uh, this is, I think, specific to the 2010s and really didn't exist in this way before them. And that is the prevalence of ad libs and like actually like the foregrounding of ad-libs. the foregrounding of ad libs. Yep. Thank you. Yep. It's they are more important than the lyrics in a huge chunk of the genre, mm-hmm. and you have to give. Huge shout outs to Migos for like kind of like foregrounding right. well, and like well, let, taking it let so me, far. Let me take one, And then West Side Gun. Of course. <laughs> right. Boom, boom, boom. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'll take it a step further back maybe and you'll enjoy this is um, I really feel like that's a Bay Area contribution. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Yee. Yee. Um, <laughs> I in the this is pre 2010s, but kind of in hyphy era um, because of Tracks and Millions kind of positioning in that world. I was in a studio session one time with uh, with a rapper, uh, San Quinn, who's kind of a, a rapper of note around these parts. I'm familiar. Yeah. And so he 
he was the first person that I saw go, I'm going to lay the ad-libs first. Oh, wow. Mm. And this was like 06, 07. Right. And he was like, I'm going to lay the And I was like, dude, that's like, you know, doing the trim before you fucking yeah, paint. Totally. Like, yeah, what are you totally, doing? Totally. And, and he laid the ad-libs first. And I remember when he went back to lay the first, I was like, ah, because it kind of. He was it, playing off it of sets the rhythm. space. Right, yeah. right. Um, I think E-40 is actually the real progenitor of this whole mm. idea mm. Um, of kind of foregrounding an ad lib and then building a rhyme around it. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's still doing it, which is great. Mm. Um, but I think that kind of technique and this idea of pocket and feel, it's like, Rap kind of got broken out of this a more kind of um, I'm not going to call it stiff because that's kind of judgmental, but rap kind of got taken out of the space where you were spitting these lines that were very straightforward and this right. line hit this line. And but, you know, it, it just kind of really that's broken up. and it's not coming back. It's like there are people still doing that, but you don't have to anymore you, you to be successful or to be respected. And, and you don't. And I think Eminem's kind of crash and burn is a symbol of like that style of but da 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 is is kind of dying out. Like I, I there'll always kind of be like a revivalist. Like there's some shitty blues band playing right now a style that is no longer relevant. Right. right? Like right, that'll live right, forever right. in some way, but. Um, we try to focus on like what's vital and what's happening. What's yeah, relevant? We, totally. yeah. we, we, you know, uh, want to think that we have some kind of insight into that. But yeah, man. Um, just to echo your point, there, there's chunks in my memory that are not there. Like I was working on my career. I got married. Like a lot of stuff happened in the 2010s that was not rap related for me. So it's gonna gonna be a little bit heavy Spotty. on the later part of the decade, <laughs> um, where I think there has been this resurgence. And we talked about this on last week's episode of like just spitting, mm -hmm. just bars. Bars. Bars like, is back, baby. Yeah, bars is back, and like I could not be happier totally, about it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And also, if if you're, I think as we close the decade, if you're still mad about the shit from the beginning of the decade, just <laughs> stop. Let it go. <laughs> just, uh, just fucking stop, bro. Like it's not. We're not even doing that anymore. So. Um, with that being said, you know, there's trends, there's cross currents. We as grown ass men kind of had to find our way through it. Dave, you have were working, you know, kind of I hate the word in the industry, but you were <laughs> you were uh, a commentator, a writer on the industry through this entire period. Yeah. What was that like for you kind of? You know, well, you know, like on a personal tip, I was also doing a lot of uh, stuff for my career, and I don't even know if you could call it a career. It's more like running from gig to gig. But um, and I also like finished my graduate school. Right. Um, changes. I think it, it all has to tie in with the um, uh, the digital platforms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, you know, our our heroes getting older. Like the yeah. the, the, the tenth Ghostface oh album, I just yeah. can't like as much. You yeah. Know? So those are sort of realizations I think. Uh, and you're com, such like a older. chronicler of like people's like you do the the really in depth pieces that will last and it's so interesting that you you Thanks, actually get to speak to so many of these people. Thanks, yeah. And so, um, in like in like fifteen years, will you be talking to like West Side Gun about like Hitler wears her maze? <laughs> I know. And like I know. what what a movement that was, totally. and like all the stuff. Mm, like when it when yeah, it's yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, totally. Um, it's so. it's hard, but it, but to that point, I think it's hard to imagine any one thing being as important. I think we're in that era where there's just so much shit out. That it's hard. It's hard for me to look back three years ago at West. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And go. Totally. So. So it's 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 definitely a crowded era. But there's a there's a lot of dope stuff. We're going to run through our top five albums. Anything beyond that we just found to be too mentally taxing to <laughs> yeah, think about. Yeah. No, I was having literal <laughs> panic attacks. Like every time I'm like, oh, shit, that came out. No way. Oh, right. No. Totally. Oh, yeah. no. Totally. Yeah. totally. So um, let's start with we'll all kind of do uh, this in order. We'll start with our fifth um, best album of the 2010s. Why don't we start with you, Mr. Mr. Nate? Sure. Um my fifth best album of the decade is a record that came out this year. It's a record that's really meaningful to me on a personal level and a record that we've explored in depth on this podcast. And it is Hiding Places by Kenny Siegel and Billy Woods. And uh, I don't think this is recency bias. I think I fucking love this record and it's amazing. And uh, we have talked about it in depth at other times, so I won't go totally back over it. But um, this is a dark um claustrophobic as woods himself described it to us mm -hmm. um 
kind of masterpiece of paranoia and right. um, playing off of the intense dread that we feel on a daily basis because <laughs> it feels like it. we've lost something in society and the beatscapes provided by Kenny Siegel um, flow in and out of that and uh, use some really innovative production techniques and um, it's just it, it has an amazing cover which is important to mm-hmm. me um, that decaying house on the cover mm-hmm. is just going to be yeah. something that will haunt yeah, your dreams totally. it's, a, it's a nightmare of a record that is revelatory and it's just kind of sheer power it's yeah. a powerful record yeah. and i i think it's brilliant and so that's number yeah. five it's nightmarishly brilliant yeah you know? absolutely dave is that, uh, is my that also f- your number five <laughs> well no but um my number five is i'm gonna go with uh rock marcy's marsberg and i and i had a little bit of uh, a debate of whether it's even technically in this uh decade or not it came out in 2010 you know oh I mean? just actually yeah, yeah. but okay. whatever I don't okay fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, our, it's our podcast it's our podcast um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, this uh, he set forth the style yeah, that that yeah. took over ten years later. You Gosh, know what I mean? man! And it literally took ten years. I no, mean, totally, yeah, totally. And yeah. and and you see the craftsmanship and the growth throughout the year, every year. And I, I mean, we were. I I don't even know uh, what else to talk to say about it because the I superlatives mean, are. Yeah, all there, I mean, he's yeah. he's a he. You're you're seeing an, uh, a a gr- a growing artist in top form. And just settling into the comforts a of decade his, in the comforts of his gifts. It's so. In, I mean, this is my first time thinking about it like this. He, he has a doom like transformation mm-hmm. without having changed his persona. Totally. Like the the Rock Marciano from from Flip Mode Squad and mm-hmm. um, the UN is right. somewhat of a different rapper. Than, it is than the guy who emerges on Marsburg. And it must be said. And maybe I could talk about this in a little bit later because I have it on my list too, a little higher. Um, <laughs> is that. He's a brilliant producer as right, well. Right, 100%. He, really, he, he right. brought back East Coast street rap right, with right. Marsburg, and it's such it's just such a great record, and it really changed things. Yeah. And it, uh, I was still working, and this is how long ago this came out, I was still working in the record store, and my <laughs> life was completely different, and I, I was suspicious of it. Mm. Um, a, a record by A.G. and Ray West called Everything's Berry came out at that time are you do you guys know that one Mm-mm. i can't remember a- ag is actually kind of like a shadowy figure in this decade who had a really good run and is still like a very very good rapper and i was like oh this is the new vibe like it's mm. this like movie samples black exploitation right. uh quiet i didn't have the vocabulary yet to start thinking about things as drumless right which it's right. not a drumless record right, i mean right. listen to snow and then talk to me about totally drums. totally but um it, it I felt like something was changing, and I didn't really get it at first. But once it clicked in, right. I was like, "Oh shit! Totally, this totally. is the best thing." Totally, and it, it's also mood too. Like Rock Marcy created a mood. Yeah, yeah. So. The the kind of like the new mood, right? Yeah. I totally. almost think about his stuff in the way that when you watch a seventies kind of anti-hero movie, like mm-hmm. um, there's 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 a certain like cynicism. To the whole sure, bit, definitely, because so, sure. there, there isn't, it isn't this kind of like glossy, um, I'm gonna sell a million records type of thing, which right, was right. popular before. It's just like this is guttural, and this is all that it, it will ever be. Like yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it aspire. It, it, it paints somewhat of a bleak picture. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's pimpish. Yeah, totally. pimps are not happy. No, you think you'd be happy if you had all these women at your disposal and you had all this money right, and you right. like lived this like lavish life right. that was kind of materially driven none of them are happy totally. no and and i think you're right Mark. so i've heard i know yeah. nothing about this <laughs> from i've your seen pippin, a few documentaries from your pippin career <laughs> yeah um yeah so it's not easy but it sure is fun <laughs> <laughs> nate's been hitting hitting out the park today um okay so my my number five um to kind of bring it more mainstreamy my number five is what i believe to be uh drake's best record and that's if you're reading this, it's too late, okay. um, which was technically he does this thing where like, oh, it's not an album. It's a fucking mixtape. And those end up being the best ones. Come on. Yeah. In the streaming era, that makes <laughs> that means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was his uh, 2015 record. It had um, the 10 band song on it. It had these moments where that's where I first was kind of like, oh, you're all right. Like, this is kind mm. of him getting on the other side of Marvin's room and this kind of, like, croony, whaley type of stuff where there's a, a bunch of songs in here where he's, like, uh, seems animated to get back at someone or something. It, there's an animus behind this record where sure. he's spitting stuff 
Um, and I think this is one of the better moments of 40s production. Um, so this for me is like, if there's like a record of his, uh, this was the one for me. And also even just the, the aesthetic of the cover art where how he leaned into meme as a as a thing right because this was like used so many different ways you know um and so i think it's kind of indicative Yeah, i think they did like an album generator thing like where you could do different like sayings in that font like that was a big thing of like and that's like meme culture becoming mainstream and like taking over the world essentially it's like why say it in a sentence when you could say it in a pithy image with a caption you know and to make to build your album around that because i remember as an old person i'm like what does this even mean it's like scribbled on the cover in like yeah like empirically it looks like shit it's like what are are you talking about that's your record cover right like it's kind of an anti-record cover record kind of kind of and it, it it reeks of this kind of new wave irony um, that that I qu- didn't quite understand at first, but then when you see it kind of memed and and I think it's a great way to look at the music too. It's like it's very memeable. It's like him like leaning into the catchphrasey um, type shit. So um, I have never heard this record. I mean, you've have heard you? of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard it. I've, I haven't yeah. listened I mean, to. I've never I've, done a full listen of this record. I, I did a couple full. Listens. I'm glad you're here to represent the like and the, we said up top. He's hugely important. People love him. Yeah, I just I don't listen to meme music. You don't? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, yeah, no. I, Actually, one of the Billy Woods songs is called SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Aren't there a lot of SpongeBob too. memes? I'm so yeah. old. No, there there are quite a few. But okay. yeah, I just I feel like um, you know, and this is my only Drake entry on this thing, but uh, I do feel like you know certain artists, like I said, cast a long shadow. Um, for better or for worse, what I always go back to is you can say what you want about him, but most people are responding to what he's doing. So much yeah. so. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, you guys have heard me say this before. Every Everyone else is right on this one. He's clearly extremely talented. He's an icon of our times. He represents the things that people want from this music. He just doesn't represent the things I well, want from this well, music. Well, but now maybe we're maybe we're reaching Drake fatigue, though. With him, you know, he got booed, booed off stage at, at fucking Flogna. That was so funny. Um, which wouldn't have happened five years ago. Like, I think we're reaching that kind of maximum saturation where people are like, this is like saying, let's go to Walmart. Like, it's so it's so <laughs> big and it's so <laughs> central. I'm, I feel like I'm not sure there's too many more new things he could say or ways he could present this work that would keep me super interested. Right. Also, he's on Pedo Alert. I'm yes. just yeah. I'm 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 gonna flag this right here. It's weird to text underage girls. So I just want to flag that. I'm yes. not saying he's doing anything. I think we're on the same page. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> yeah. I I do want to make a slightly different point about the thing, and just I've been trying to do this more just to bring everyone up to speed. So if you don't know what we're talking about, Tyler, the creator, has a festival called Camp yeah. Flogna. Yeah. It was at Dodger Stadium, and there was rumored to be a special guest star. And the crowd essentially had convinced themselves it that it Frank was Ocean. going to be Frank Ocean. And when it wasn't Frank Ocean and it was Drake, <laughs> they reacted very poorly. They literally booed Homie off the stage. And Tyler was like upset yeah, that his fans like essentially made him look bad. They like they, they were rude to his guest. Yeah. And I think this is a slightly different problem with modern society. It's like a last Jedi kind of like toxic fandom kind of vibe That's a great way of putting where it. like yeah. the the you guys had all decided that Ray's parents were X and when <laughs> yeah, the movie yeah. told you why you get all pissed off but right. like guess what you don't write the movie right so you don't get to decide that so right. your fictions that you have created and the expectations that you have set are don't really matter like how about you let the movie tell you and well, not decide it beforehand and so I that's think a great that's way putting it and Tyler's tweet storm after was one for the ages he's like uh i thought bringing out the biggest artist in the world was pretty cool like thing for you guys and it's like apparently not but and but it, 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 i, I, I d- thought that was fascinating though the controversy around yes. it and and tyler's response and a lot of people were like dude you made your bones on shitting on the drakes of the world and so you've cultivated this fan base that feels like they're anti and look tyler's more central to anything more mainstream you know, he's on fucking SAP Center. You know what I mean? When you roll by. So it's not like he's fringe, but he cultivated this this fan base that likes to think of themselves as being oh, totally. very edgy. They and, define themselves in opposition. 
yeah, to, as to whatever it is. Yeah, and so Drake is the thing to be opposed to. Right? Uh, you know what I think is funny is, like, and I've thought about this a lot, and this is very early 2010s, like, what would have happened if Two Dope Boys just did post his music? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, he came up being so mad about that, and right, like right. since like a lot of those things don't really exist anymore or don't exist in the I know, kids. form Two that Two Dope they are, Boys was yeah. a blog in the era <laughs> of the blog. Yeah. Um, um, and it's also funny that like they're weird like and this is again such a meme thing they're like crazy anti Steve Harvey stance yeah, yeah it's just yeah. that has not aged well it's just like it's I, just bizarre it's, it's but, they, but they were so young yeah and it and it's one of those we didn't really talk too much about the blog thing but the the idea of the rise of fandom being central people and their tastes being kind of central to it not that you're responding to work but that you're saying. What I like is what matters most. I think the blog culture kind of cultivated that because any person could have could, a blog, could yeah. have a blog and share their opinion and kind of like making their opinion central. Um, and I don't want to shit on that because we do a whole show based on that. But um, <laughs> and but, Dave runs an awesome blog about that yeah, called Nerdtorious dot com. That's right. It, it is not easy to run a blog. <laughs> no, it's no, it's expensive and complicated, and you have to update it and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. So welcome to uh, twenty twenty. It'll be interesting to see what the what the the next phase of that is. All yeah. right, All number right. album fours. number four. Four. Are, are we got? just going to start with me every time? Let's do it. Uh, my number four album of the decade is Marsburg, which we just covered. So I'll I'll leave it there. But I just you know will say like super thankful for Rock's emergence, and this was this was the coming out party. Right. Totally. Sort of to uh, f- uh, sort of flip the script to as uh, to what Nate was was just saying. Nate's list was um, very similar to mine. So my next pick is Hiding Places. <laughs> <laughs> so again, without like oh, mad redundancy, Lord. I know. Mad Imagine redundancy. if you were not on the show. I'm and me praying and Dave to the content gods right now. now. I, I like this record. I like it too. It's that <laughs> Superman uh, or Spider-Man meme, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, without saying too much, I mean, Red Dust is probably my new favorite song as as a fucking 39 year old. <laughs> you know, okay. Such a beautiful like forever. Song. Fair, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> without getting too into it, I mean, we okay. already talked about it. Um, my, my number four is neither of those. Um, <laughs> my number four is, <laughs> is four, four, four. Oh, um, okay. That's a good one. Look um, at you. That's a good yeah, one. Four, 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 four. Is that alliteration with the numbers? <laughs> um, so it's a weird thing for me. I almost cringe. I thought about it. four, four, yeah. four as yeah. a, as a contender in this and it didn't quite rise to the and, level and, and look i i know there's a contingent of folks that have kind of turned on that record a little bit and i've kind of turned on jay-z as a guy so it was kind of hard for me to even do this but if i think about um uh a, a an artist who was in his third decade right um of, of putting out music and doing something that was uh Equal parts accessible, but also really artsy. I mean, the production on that record. Um, shout out No ID. Yeah, shout out No ID. If it were just an instrumental record, which would be really dope if they put it out, um, it would still be super interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I feel like um, I liked it a lot more when I felt like the politics he talked about on the record, there was a consistency there. Yeah, like, I agree. Part of it is kind of like, uh, you kind of talked about some things that you're you're kind of being a little bit contradictory about right now. But um, I just think as a piece of music, and especially from an artist who had been around forever, right. um, I have a notoriously low bar for artists later in their careers. Well, it's we're like, talking about like how music is, rap music has changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, it's nice to see um, some of these dudes have fruitful... Sinatra phases. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a Sinatra phase where I right. go, you know, late in the game, Frank Sinatra is not as good as totally. the early ones, but he got some joints. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, and he represents swagger in whatever form that takes. Mm-hmm. For right. he, you're the main guy in your thing, mm-hmm. even yeah. though you're well past your prime, and you will always incum- embody your like for Frank Sinatra it's like whatever like Italian American crooner music right you're right, the guy right. for hip-hop for many people for a lot of people it's gonna be Jay-Z it, it is gonna when be you Jay-Z. think about a rapper you picture Jay-Z yeah and for him to do something that was outside of the box it, I guess to me it showed that he still kind of understands what's cool a little bit and I thought that was dope um, I thought it was dope that after being kind of this mecha- not mechanical but he's just been very guarded about the actual 
details of his of his rich life, right? And he found a way to talk about that that was engaging. Well, it's yeah. more about his marriage than about his rich life, though it, it it's always a little bit about your rich life. Well, yeah, and this this idea I know what you mean, of, of kind of black capitalism, which you know, yeah, again, yeah. I I feel like he. He taught. He gave you something new when you didn't have any right to expect. Yeah, I'm, any, a, I'm a fan of the album for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how that continues. To um, ca- we kind of did this backwards, but the things that didn't make my list that I want to make sure to mention were Doris by Earl Sweatshirt, mm-hmm. which I think is, if you're looking at things from a pure rhyming standpoint, that's definitely one of the best albums of the decade. And uh, continuing along that road, uh, I, I like Love Tana Talk Three by Benny the Butcher. I think that is a brilliant record. I couldn't okay. put it on a best of the decade list, just not because quite. it doesn't have the cultural impact yet. Like it would, if we were doing metrics, it's like bars ten, cultural impact zero. You know what I mean? Right, right now, but yeah, like, no, I hear you. I, hear I, you. I just wanted to throw those out there before we move too far, too much further along. Uh, on that tip, number three, Mr. number Nate. three is Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. And uh, I messaged you guys earlier. I'm like, we're only doing top five lists. Like, how many Kendrick records do you guys have on your list? Like, he has three main records in this decade. All three could conceivably, you could do, you know, 60% of the list here with Kendrick records. He he defined his decade from a bars perspective and, like, was wildly successful. Um, Good Kid, Mad City was the thing that made him a star. He kind of went from, like, a rapper's rapper to, like, a a huge global megastar. And it's a brilliant concept record. It's yeah. um, it has some amazing rapping on it, and it just um, I think it he arrived. I don't oh, know. How oh else oh to yeah, play. on on Good Kid, Mad City. I mean, he did a great job of of um, I think Punch and TDE. If if Drake kind of built a blueprint for how to sell the music, they had a kind of this interesting alternative blueprint that was kind of what he was doing i think it's like three major things it's how cole j cole sold his shit it's how tde did their shit and it's drake and so i feel like with good kid bad city um he established uh almost to me it's like theater it's like bringing back this kind of uh maybe or maybe cinematic is a better way of putting it um that harkened back to um, the Chronic and kind of the the major concept albums, Ready to Die. Um, he to me brought that back in a real way, where others had been kind of like more clumsy with it. Um, so I would say possibly, um, and I know uh, To Pimple Butterfly might probably come up here in a little bit, but um, to me that is his most kind of complete concept thing. He's kind of kept going on that tip. But for, yeah, for, I I definitely agree that Good Kid, Mad City was his coming out party, and uh, to me, his strongest kind of singular uh, concept record. About you, Dave, number three. My number three is also a Kendrick record, but it is Damn. Damn. So I know, I know, Damn. I know. So I think that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but to to sort of echo what you just said, I mean, Good Kid, Mad City was the arrival. Um, to Pimp a Butterfly is like an un- like it's an ensemble cla- ca- cast. To okay. Me. Okay. You know what I mean? But Dan represents Kendrick doing bars. And I think, and I, at, at least if we're talking about, like, personally, I probably would rather throw that album on. Okay. So I think that's okay. going to resonate with me. And okay. also, like, the videos that, were there that are connected to it. Humble videos. Yeah, so just great, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Eating the corn in the tree. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah. And it, we have to talk about the Pulitzer Prize. Right. Like, totally. It's just totally. like... The, that he won for damn. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting that it was that that one and like um whether or not you think what the Pulitzer committee thinks about hip hop is relevant, you have to admit that it was an impressive moment for sure. the culture writ large. Like sure. it's, if Kendrick's the best guy from now and it's we're reaching into upper echelons of like kind of like storied Mm-hmm. historical mm-hmm. this will be a permanent record thing like after we've burned ourselves out in a right. nuclear war with iran there will be some kind of <laughs> gold Kendrick. disc with like this etched into when the it. apes like, come back here in a spaceship totally. they will dig up damn yeah. and, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, other I, musicians I have won like bob dylan won uh, maybe a year or right, two before right, and right. didn't go to the ceremony right. or whatever and but for it to be for hip-hop which is our thing yeah, and like and for f- that guy who we actually all agree is like the best guy right yeah. it's, it's right, just right. really cool yeah i mean the the this last decade we saw the arrival of fucking kendrick lamar yeah jesus christ totally. yeah you know yeah. as as this interesting um you know if if drake is i don't know fucking um a michael 
Bay film. <laughs> uh, Kendrick is like this kind of like Tarantino esque, this this different kind of thing that's still really popular. Yeah, really popular, yeah. but, but all the nerds are like hanging on every word. Yeah. That's a that's actually an interesting comparison. Yeah. So I, I feel like um, you know, and again, I I do feel like to Pimple Butterfly is coming. Uh, in our list here. Um, but I do feel like Damn was a strong record. And to your point, Dave, I think it's the one. Um, I'll say this. It's definitively the one that you would play at a party. Like sure, if you had a yeah. hundred people gathered here, yeah, yeah. Um, it, throwing on humble is going to be probably you totally, know one, totally. one of your best bets. But and, to, and to the kind of point about the Jay Z thing of bringing you inside, uh, Good Kid, Mad City is a table setter for that. There's like bits and pieces of the audio collage element of that, but the last song on Damn, where he talks about his dad oh, and shit. his record label Crazy. head Amazing. having met before, Crazy. like it gave me chills. It's it's such a great song. It's yeah. just so well constructed, such a well told story. Like it's hard to find highs higher than that. And mm-hmm. and and it's a shot that you take that could have ended horribly. Like right. that could have that song could have came. When oh. I was hearing it explained to me, I'm just like, uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But it it totally delivers, and within the um the con- the where it falls in the album. Just everything makes sense. At the end or the beginning, because there depending was on which version you listen to, you could, you could listen to it backwards. <laughs> I did. I listened to the backwards. I've version. listened to both. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it definitely works. I, I didn't. I thought that was a little overblown. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that same amazing. Here. But to when you to play it Judas Priest backwards, it says <laughs> no. I'm just um, all right, number. All right, my world number three. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, mine is Good Kid, Mad City. <laughs> <laughs> number, number three. Um, right. I just want to give a, a quick shout out to uh to uh Money Trees. So Money Trees to me is probably if we were like who came through with the maybe one of the coldest guest verses of this decade, it was J Rock on Money Trees. Yeah. Like he that song number one, it's a six and a half minute rap song that holds your and the beat don't switch up, like not really. Yeah. Like it's one continuous thing, but um yeah, I just when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, God. Damn. Yeah, J Rock was killing shit on yeah. that verse. So, uh, nice. yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to him. Uh, we are on number two. Number dose. Yeah, uh, I have to pimp a butterfly in, <laughs> the, in the number it. two spot. Um, it's a brilliant concept record about race in America. It provided us with our um, anthem for the kind of Trumpian women's march protest the for, uh the police brutality protest right. and we yeah. gonna be all right yeah. um i was very lucky to see one of the shows that he did on the very small run tour of theaters where he performed this album not necessarily in its entirety and he did um things from other albums but it was the to pimp a butterfly tour and i'm never gonna forget that night um mm. it was it was an incredible experience he was there with a band and backup singers and some neon signs and um, just rapping his motherfucking ass off. It was just an incredible performance. Um, it doesn't have the highest re-listenability factor. It's very conceptual at which, times. Which we, it's funny, though. We talked about that in like episode negative three, I think, with uh, about... You know, great albums that you you could maybe never listen to again. I'm not gonna not listen to it again, but right. I don't throw it on all the time. And if that if that's the thing, it's like I have to be in the mood. I have to be ready for it. But anytime I put it on, I'm just awed by its brilliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I don't also like watch Bergman films to like you know pass the time on right, a lazy right, right. Saturday. You don't you don't just pull right. out Godfather just to kind of do a quick view. Right? Godfather's different. Uh, that's so, yeah, like, right. that has a much higher rewatchability thing. I'm I'm talking about things that are like a, an emotionally draining experience. Yeah, right, right. You don't put on Seven Seal to kick it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um so it's a great record if you wanted to call this the greatest rap record of the decade. I'd I'd have that conversation with you. There's one that looms a little larger for me personally and a little bit more emotionally um, and I have to say, fucking amazing baseline on King Kunta. Like it's not, it's, <laughs> it's not all not fun. You like, know what I mean? Right, right. No, the high, the high, the brighter points on that record are are amazing. Like yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely, um, you know, I've been on record as not being the biggest fan of it, but the highs are very high. And as I said a, a kabillion times, I'm always like, you took this shot, man. Mm-hmm. You 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 and went succeeded. for it. Yeah, you went for it. Um, you know, I guess a plurality of people would say that it hit. It's just not something that I, I don't want to listen to that in in its succession. I'll listen to songs mm. like, but I I just don't want to listen to it in its, in its kind of 
the order of it, but um, that's just me. What about uh, you, Dave? For number two. My number two is something that you mentioned earlier. I'm going to go with Doris um, Earl. Okay. Yeah. Um, just yeah. the highest highs in terms of bars. I um, actually got a chance to interview him right before Doris came out. The It was for a, a, an issue of Wax Poetics, and mm-hmm. this was a, during a small press window when he was actually still talking to people. And so, like... <laughs> and going like, outside. Totally, literally. So it, it was weird, like, you know, to be on the phone with this 19-year-old who, like, kind of hates the world but just dropped this incredibly dense album that right. talks about, like, blackness and immigrants and his mom and dad and... Yeah. The most brilliant shit, and I pro- it pro- I've probably re-listened to it a thousand times. Yeah, great record. I yeah. I love love the gesture that he gave Vince the opening. Right, right, uh, right. Verse. Yes, on Doris and like young, such a young Vince. A yeah, young such an Vince. interesting choice. It's like it just caught me off guard, and I still think about it. It was like yeah. it was like, he well, gave him the his springboard kind of six years ago. Yeah, how long ago was Doris? Six, seven years ago. Like seven years yeah. ago. Yeah, and I'm I'm like still thinking about that artistic choice that this like such brilliant right. And uh, Chum's one of my favorite kid songs of who all time. I expected a lot from. Like I loved yeah. the EP. I followed the like weird things about the mm-hmm. Free Earl movement and stuff like that. And we've talked right. about it at other points on the show. We don't totally have to relitigate that, but um, I think. It's a brilliant, brilliant rap record. Um, it, it's it's such a Dave rap record. <laughs> it's very Dave. I was gonna say that. It's yeah. it's very I'll Dave. Take that. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you're gonna have a record attached uh, to you, right? That, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like uh, Earl. I I wasn't super into Doris, but it kind of put him to me out of this like goofy. Uh, Odd future as the new D twelve type of thing, where it's it's more it's more than ripping anuses and shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's totally. got there's some subject matter there. It was a well crafted record, and it kind of was like, oh okay, all right, I see. It's kind of before Tyler really got on his run. I was like, okay, Earl is a dude. And I think it was Earl the was the first to mature. Maybe that's a totally, great way of putting totally. it. Yeah, that's a great that's a great way of putting it. Well, he's like a sixty year old in a nineteen year old's body. I know a totally. little bit. It's just it's so wise. Yeah. No, it's it's been interesting to kind of see his his maturation and then you know you gotta love a rapping ass rapper. I know. It's like he's just put on this earth to rap and he raps so well. So well. Even on the projects that I haven't really connected with um, since that time came out, I'm just like. You just have a facility with words that continues to impress me. Right. I, I want to listen to you, you rap no but, matter but what it it's can about. Be, but you can be a rapper, rapping ass rapper and be boring. You know mm. what I mean? Like there's a way that, that he, a direction he could have went in that would have been very staid, very boring, very safe. Um, and he's just doing things that are so wild and divisive, like, you know. Um, yeah, every, everything he's put out since is somewhat divisive. Yeah, which to me is like, that's a very high quality. That's a good sign. Yeah, that yeah. people, people are, are kind of uh, uh, not shocked, but kind of uh, evokes emotion with your work. Um, on that tip, we are on number two. No. Well, yes, you Yours. are on number my, two. My number two? Yeah. Um, speaking of divisive, uh, this record for me and the artist um, – definitely kind of define that and i believe this will be the only woman um in in the countdown this is azalea banks broke with expensive okay. broke with expensive okay. taste Whoa. okay we Number, have a late game wow game changing <laughs> i am shocked so so as <laughs> i know you like her but like number two of the decade bro Broke with expensive taste if we're talking about records that were different interesting and influential um, a lot of what you're seeing with with how women are kind of posturing themselves in the game and this idea of the first, I think the first woman to be like, I'm raunchy and I'm like spitting absolute bars was Azalea Banks. Mm. I think a lot of people took a lot from her. She's absolutely crazy, has said homophobic things, racist things. I wish she didn't have Twitter. I think her pariah status makes her um, less appreciated. And people are kind of like people more. I I personally do not have time for her antics and it makes me not listen to her music. Right. And I think that's a lot of people. But Broke with Expensive Taste is is a really interesting record in that it does blend elements of house. That kind of shit showed up on Rihanna's record later. Big Fish Theory after uh, Broke with Expensive Taste was out. And now Vince is doing kind of EDM type of stuff. Uh, She's huge in Europe. She takes these really interesting house housey EDM type tracks um, which if you're going to talk about a sound of a decade 
um, was definitely there. She was one of the first to kind of marry that successfully. And she's a rapping ass rapper. Like I would put her with the the baby or whatever. She's a rapping ass rapper. It's it's a shame that she is a a pariah. She's like the Millie Jackson of of our time. But um, but I I definitely I love the record to death. And again, it's mine. Yeah. It's my time. No, totally. Yeah. So I, I'm I, just sitting here going like, you sure that's not like the number seven? <laughs> <laughs> what did what did uh what did Schoolboy Q had the best line for this? He's like, y'all motherfuckers really got a 38th favorite rapper. <laughs> and I'm that's like, hilarious. Okay, oh, that's that's the tyranny of the 50 list. Yeah, he's just like, that's dude, so fucking funny. relax. But I'm saying for me, it yeah, was, it was no, a big, I respect that. It dude. was a big record. You're and full of surprises. That's like, that's I'm gonna have to think about this. This is a really high place. <laughs> I haven't been able to, to get you on the Azalea train, and honestly, if, I, every time you send me a song, I'm like, that was good. She can really rap, and then I go back to my normal life where like, like no one's doing that. like, yeah. yeah. Also, also, you hate dance music with with I every, do. With every ounce of your me. being. It's not for me. So yeah. that's gonna be a hard. That's gonna be a non-starter for uh, Azalea. Her new stuff. You know, I say this record because as she tries to have a more palatable sound and the experiments that it just they haven't worked out. Broke with expensive taste is her doing her shit. Mm. Um, her her best song two one two. Um, is on that record and yeah i just i think it's really it's a really influential record and i feel like um she's never going to get that type of due because she is fucking crazy yeah um, yeah fair so, enough yeah. and you helped us out for representation <laughs> yeah here here for it um, uh, number okay. one number one uh, drum roll uh i think I, there's a lot of crossover here though right i think so there's some crossover we might here. as well just uh dive in yeah uh, the number one rap record of the decade from mine and I believe Dave's perspective right. is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Yeah. Um, what to not say. Is it's a splendor. Epic and moving and full of pathos and just the kind of devolved, gargled, auto-tune breakdown is it a guitar solo is he freaking out what is this sound at the end of runaway is enough that's that says more about our decade and our times than so many other rappers full statements when did that record come out Mm. i know it's in this decade is that 2010 yeah it's it's a little after that Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe to 2012. Be okay. It's just punctuated with punctuations. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's all over. There's so many uh, moments that are just so striking. I mean, Nikki's verse. Uh, yeah, fucking yeah that's, the, that's her That's her career right, right there. Totally. Yeah. Peak all Nikki. of the lights. Like, yeah. um, that little oh short, that little video short that he made to go along with it is fucking brilliant. Totally. Dude, with the right. ballet dancers. Yeah. Oh, right. my God. Um, yeah. I've told versions of this story throughout the life of the podcast i will not go that deep into it again but basically this record ruined a thanksgiving for (laughs) me and my family because i got so into this record driving up to my uncle's house in santa rosa um that i left thanksgiving so i could drive home and listen to it again um every thanksgiving i think about this um we had bought it specifically to listen to on this drive and we me my cousin joe and my wife lucia were like completely and utterly blown away you know how in the credits for it that like i bought it on cd which shows it was that, yeah close it had to, to be the early. beginning of the decade yeah, it had to be early um it's every single person in the world is credited on there but yeah. they don't say exactly what people do right it's like elton john larue rihanna right. obviously but like right. where it's right. like who's you can't doing what so i was in the first listen one i thought it was really funny and i was like oh kanye like you maniac like that he you know was we're essentially kind of in a way apologizing for the Taylor Swift VMAs thing, but also completely not. Yeah. He's like doubling down on his dirtbag persona. And so I just thought, I just think it's so brilliant and evocative and like what has happened to him is so sad. And like the story continues on. But for me, this is not only the best rap album of the decade, it's probably the best album of the decade full stop. And it's, emblematic of our times in a way that will be studied for years to come and i think it's one of the best records there is i pretty much agree with everything yeah so much i mean so and the reason i ask about when it came out because i think it was kind of like kanye ushered us into the dirt bag era right like he he was coming off of um being this kind of 
not a good guy, but kind of like uh, an everyday kind of hero guy. I'm a, a pink polo shirt wearing guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in in an era where where people had fucking hundred thousand dollar necklaces, and that was the norm, right? Twenty ten came out. Twenty ten. Uh, so like right at the beginning of the decade, um, I feel like he was holding our hand, taking us to a really freaky party, and the fact that he there had this eyes wide shut thing with um with the uh, what's the song, the with the piano. Ding. Oh, Runaway. Runaway. With Runaway, that's how it felt to me. It was like, you're taking me to a really freaky party that I don't understand yet, and I know people had visual reactions Mm -hmm. at the beginning, and we had no idea of how much fucking weirder it would get. But it's a great gateway kind of into What a song, though, when you can be like, what's the song with the ding? And everyone knows what you're talking about. He made that piano note note. iconic. One note. One note. One note, yeah. If if the album was just that song and the ballerina video, it would be in contention for me for the best album of the decade. Totally. Totally. Um, I I love the shit out of this record. And, like, it's like, you know, like the Bon Iver kind of, like, can we get Mm -hmm. much higher? It's like, it's moving. It's like, it's very hard to move me with rap music. And, like, I think it's just, it's beautiful. And he he used so many, (laughs) and a fantasy, really. Um, He used so many, I'm not sure if we ever had somebody who could use so many pieces so i'll real quick and personal i know it's like almost midnight but um i recently did a show where i was i rapped with a 30 piece orchestra and i think i was saying this off mic i met the harpist who played at one of kanye's recent um sunday service uh sessions a wonderful woman she's like 60 years old she's super cool um but uh watching that and working with a conductor and a person who's like leading you in, understanding everyone's parts in the music, kind of cueing everyone. It was almost like he had a, a forty-person MPC that he was just <laughs> triggering, <laughs> and to have it all in their head. And yeah. I think Kanye was the first guy to kind of give us that flavor. Yeah, I, of it was more than just him and his sampling. It was, it was kaleidoscopic. It kind of felt like a like a rap. Um, uh, Don't say opera. No, no, <laughs> Jesus, Carmen, a hip hopper. <laughs> no, I was gonna say a Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, yeah. dude. Okay, you know what I mean? okay. And and the fair. whole thing of taking everyone to Hawaii and doing like the base camp kind of thing, and it was feverishly discussed. Mm-hmm. And he right. started dropping all the songs. It's just the whole thing about it. I think is just completely brilliant. Yeah, it's just so great. Um, what did you pick? For number one? Yeah. So I, I really wasn't trying to be contrarian with this because I, I do believe that that is corny doing it for its own sake. Um, but I, I think the album to me that captures like the zeitgeist of this kind of fucked up uh, period is Jesus. There we yeah. go. There yeah. it is, folks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hate, hate me now, but... Um, <laughs> I thought you said it was canceled. I was playing. Yeah. I was playing. I was just kidding. This is pre-cancellation. In episode Kanye. thirty-two. Oh. You said, no, I was kidding. Nate said yeah. canceling wasn't real. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm evoking the Nate clause. Well, um, I mean, well, that was ho- sort of his uh, industrial record, right? So yeah. my twisted is lush and, and yes. gorgeous, and mm-hmm. this is stripped down and yeah. dark and and, look, and, I, and, and I, ugly. I, and I know you. I know you dig Jesus too. I feel like um, as as a musical statement when it came. And what he did, and the fact that he kind of just made a left turn from it after, you know what I mean? Like he, uh, he did. Buffalo is continue pursuing that mm-mm. sound. No, he, he did. It was a moment. It was a moment in time, and it was um, the soundscapes and the colors. Uh, Blood on the leaves mm-hmm. for me is, yeah. is is a fucking totally amazing song. And so to me, that record um, has the the power and the energy. Of of this moment and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. and the darkness, even my dark twisted fantasy, I feel like Jesus was darker. It is. Like, oh, it like is. It's a darker record. It's yes. way darker. Way yeah. Darker. yeah. Yeah. I mean, take out the chorus and the string section, right. and you're left with some fucking dark shit. Yeah. Dude. yeah. It yeah. just I, sounds like stomps. I, yeah. I've said this so many times. I will say it. Yes, it's a good record. Yes, it has many merits. I really, really wish he had worked another month on the lyrics. The, li- <laughs> the lyrics and their unfinished, hurried nature bother me i just i can't get over it I, i've gotten over it with other records i can't yeah. get over it with this record it's a brilliant record that he did not properly finish in my opinion not that, that my started opinion that matters tr- started much. started that trend of his well um, dude you see where this has gone now yeah, it's, it's like, gotten it, worse it's every gone time from not finishing to like not even really starting right it's just right. like that's your fucking lyric dude right. like yeah. and it's like the croissants line just encapsulates everything that I think is <laughs> shitty about this record. Then that I I respect your opinion. I get what you're saying. 
it's just not a finished product and uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is such a finished it's, product. It's, it's, right. it, that yeah. is that is a complete record. I think Jesus is an irritant. It is it is something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we needed that at the yeah. time. Yeah. That's a great way of putting yeah. it. Yeah, it's 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 an irritant. So I I definitely um you know I it, but I can't go against my dark twisted fantasy. I mean that probably is, and it, I think it was a so consensus. much more record as well. If we're yeah. just talking about like right. it's it's a triple LP. Yeah, it's like there were all these videos. Like Jesus right. is like a punch in the face. Right, and then this is I don't know, which I think is indicative of right. of like where we're at. It's kind of like hey everybody, you like me? Fuck you. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. Jesus. Yeah, and it's so yeah. funny. Uh, black his black skinhead perform oh god that sounded bad me saying it can you say it and then toss it to black me? skinheads when he did that on snl um was amazing when he did it in that like light box thing yeah, yeah and it's yeah. so like that yeah. that song and it's uh percussive nature like you were saying dave how it's like such a stomp um was like the song that they used on every movie trailer until that oh, dj right. shadow run the jewels song came, came out, out <laughs> to replace like, it yeah anyway i think there's something to that though of capturing the zeitgeist like those two blood on the leaves and black skinhead are and i'll say this i think we needed them when they came when they came out mm-hmm. right and i'll mm-hmm. say this i think new slaves second verse that as well that oh, totally, that totally. that is that may be him the best he is on the mic yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like I and, and i'm like okay i don't know how much of that is rhyme fest or what it, where the fuck's right, going right. on yeah but whatever the case if I you're feel gonna like, take kanye seriously as an artist you just have to give that stuff up it's yeah, not about of, purism right writing right, credits right, and right, playing right, the orchestra right, or right. the musicians or whatever right. you're just like it's his art because it's his name on it and he's the emblem of yep. it and yep. now he makes fucking crocs out of algae and i don't know what the fuck well, is not, going now on. he's dressed as the tin man from <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. What was when, when, when you look at kanye and go bro CeeLo didn't even look that weird like what what are you doing but you're but, like below CeeLo. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a program for today um, um fucking some shit. wrap up stuff really Huge, sincere shout-outs. You guys can probably hear in our tone of voice we are running out of steam here. This is our <laughs> year, guys. Yeah. Those were the albums of the decade. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a couple weeks here, re- regroup, and come back with a pretty big 100th episode. Yes. So this uh, is yeah. episode 99. Um, yeah. I just want to thank you guys. We, yeah, you know, it's I've been real, brothers. Hey. It's a mutual appreciation totally, society here. Totally. Um, Host just, with the most is yeah, producer dude. of the year. Love you guys. Yeah. It's like really special to me that we get to do this 100%. i love all the fans and the listeners and i don't really feel like we have fans i feel like a douche saying that <laughs> the people who listen to the show and send us little notes and tell us what they liked about it yeah. yep. it really means a lot to us and uh we're gonna keep doing this so yeah, we're always texting each other how fun it is yeah yeah totally. so and that's a real talk it's it's still fun it's still um something we enjoy we love what's going on in the genre and we hope to keep um kind of processing that with y'all um into season season three so we're headed into season three we're really excited about that season three of the wire is the best one is it now the fourth one is but it's also a very <laughs> excellent season i'm michael b jordan on. in this uh in this analogy <laughs> um definitely make sure you check us out on kiki.co.uk uh, that is our official uh brit hop uh syndication podcast obviously we're also on apple music spotify all that good shit definitely interact with us on twitter if you do the bird thing uh we are at dad bod rap pod ig same thing um i'm gonna be launching a spinoff um i'm not ready to talk about it yet okay you guys will be hearing more Um, looking forward to that yeah it's gonna be our first uh i don't know yeah spinoff i think is the right term it's it's still about what we do but it's gonna be a slightly different take it's the fraser to our cheers (laughs) wow (laughs) i was searching for it so tough and you kind of just nailed it that's hilarious do you guys want to plug anything or say anything before we call it a year no we we got some we got some really good interviews lined up for 2020 for sure yeah, um, a lot yeah. of stuff that you know is hard to crunch in at the uh, end of this year. Um, yeah. They're ready to go. So uh, you know, for the listeners and everybody who gives a fuck, thank you. Yeah, just thank you so much. Uh, definitely keep listening and tell a friend. Dad by Rat Pod. <laughs>